G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. So how do you reach a culture like this? With a powerful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what our culture needs to hear. Our society doesn't need more political correctness or more news, fake or otherwise. Pastor Greg Laurie says we need the good news. The gospel is filled with power. I don't need to edit it. I don't need to add to it. I don't need to subtract from it. I don't need to apologize for it. I need to just proclaim it and stand back and watch God work. This is the day when the lost are found. chosen to invite people into a relationship with him in any number of ways. Angels, skywriting, speaking through a burning bush. Instead, he chose to use people to reach people. Regular, fallible, unpredictable people. But he put the power inside the message itself. Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie provides some great instruction on presenting that good news most effectively. Days of cultural Christianity are over. What do I mean by that? Well, there was a time in America, especially closer to our uh, birth, when we had a strong Judeo-Christian ethic in our culture. It was in everything that we did. But as time has passed and we've progressed, if you want to use that word, others might say regress. I would certainly choose that term. And as we've gotten away from this, we don't see cultural Christianity like we used to see it. And there was a time when you'd go up to someone and tell them about Jesus and say, I'm already a Christian. But you know, a lot of people don't say that anymore. (laughs) Cultural Christianity is over with. There's just a lot of people now that don't profess faith in Christ at all. And in a way it's good because the problem with cultural Christianity is a lot of people thought they were Christians who weren't. Now people just say, I'm not a Christian. And that's where I'm at. You know, so how do you reach a culture like this? The answer is simply this, with a powerful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what our culture needs to hear. Paul says in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and our salvation to everyone who believes. Listen, the gospel is filled with power. I don't need to edit it. I don't need to add to it. I don't need to subtract from it. I don't need to apologize for it. I need to just proclaim it and stand back and watch God work. That's true. Our job is to let the lion out of the cage. So I think most Christians will say, yes, it's the gospel. Preach the gospel. I love the gospel. By the way, what is the gospel? I have no idea, but I believe in it. 
I mean, really, do we even know what the gospel is? We throw that term around a lot. And I wonder, well, a poll was taken and revealed that only 4% of adults in America could define the term the Great Commission, quote John 3.16, and define the gospel. Seven out of 10 Americans have no clue what John 3.16 means. So have most Americans heard the gospel? It said most Americans have. I really don't know if they have. What is the gospel? Well, I think we all know what the basic term means. What does the word gospel mean? Good news, exactly right. To fully appreciate the good news, I have to first know the bad news. We've all heard these good news, bad news jokes over the years. I heard one, two old guys are wondering if there's baseball in heaven. So uh, they made a deal that if one of them died before the other, he would somehow communicate back from uh, heaven if there's baseball there. So one of the guys died and, and he went to the other side and his buddy Joe was left on earth. And one day, you know, he speaks to his friend Joe from the heavens. This is a true story. <laughs> Clearly it isn't. Uh, he speaks to his friend Joe for a moment and says, Joe, I have some good news and some bad news. Joe says, what's the good news? Joe, the good news is there is baseball in heaven. Well, Joe, being the great baseball fan he was, was overjoyed to hear that. Then his buddy said, now the bad news, you're pitching on Friday. <laughs> That's so good. So the gospel is good news, but before I can appreciate it, I have to know the bad news. All right, what's the bad news? Here it is. We are all sinners separated from God. And no matter how good we try to be or how moral we try to be or even how religious we try to be, we still fall short of God's standards. Now, understand, when you tell a person who's not a Christian that they have sinned, they're not going to know what you're talking about. So you're going to have to define the terms for them. Clearly the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. And 1 John 1.8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So the Bible clearly says we've sinned. But what does the word sin mean? Well, in Ephesians 2.1 it says you were dead in trespasses and sins. Two different words are used. First there's the word trespass. Oh, that means crossing a line. You know, you've seen a sign in a park maybe where the grass was just planted. No trespassing. So if you step over under that freshly planted grass, you just cross the line. That's trespassing. So to commit a trespass is to break one of the Ten Commandments. It's to do something God has told you not to do. That's one translation of sin. But the other word that's used there in Ephesians uh, when it says trespasses and sins, this word comes from a Greek word that means to miss the mark. And it goes back to the first century version of archery, okay? So we are firing the arrows at the target. And let's just say you and I decided to have a contest and we each had 10 arrows. And so you walked up to the target and you got nine out of 10 arrows in the bullseye. And only one arrow went outside of the bullseye. Then I walked up and I fired all 10 arrows and I missed the target altogether. In fact, one of them went in you. Okay, so. I missed the mark and you missed the mark, right? So you see, yeah, but I got more in than you got in, so I win. No. To miss the mark means we've missed God's standard. What is God's standard? You ready for this? Absolute perfection. 
And if you offend on one point of the law, the Bible says, you're guilty of all of it. So granted, some have sinned more than others. We'll concede that point. But one sin is enough to keep you out of heaven because God doesn't grade on the curve. And this sort of refutes the argument, but I'm a good person. Well, you know, maybe you are a good person to some degree, but you're not good enough, you see, because you've fallen short. And a person will say, well, I'm not a sinner. And then you'll say, well, do you believe in the Ten Commandments? Most people will say, yes, I do. So you might go over some of those commandments and say, have you ever stolen? Have you ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Have you always honored your father and mother? Have you ever lied? They'll say, no, I've never done any of those things. You're lying right now, basically. <laughs> now, but most people will continue, yeah, yeah, okay, I lied once or I stole twice or, you know, and if they're honest, they'll tell you more than you wanted to know. Why did God give us the Ten Commandments? To make us righteous? Hey, live up to these standards. And if you live by these standards, you'll get into heaven. No, the Ten Commandments were not given to make me righteous, but to show me I need help. The Ten Commandments were given to open my eyes and shut my mouth. Because they say, I'm good, I'm wonderful, I'm toast. Because I fall short of God's standards. Listening to a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California. He's speaking about presenting the gospel message today. It's a very practical one called How to Lead Others to Jesus, helping them to see that they need a Savior. Let's continue. Now, a person may say they're a good person. Let me say something that might surprise you. I think there are good people out there. In fact, I've met people who aren't Christians that I think are nicer than some Christians I've met. Right? But here's the problem. Being a good person, being a nice person will not get you into heaven because heaven is not for good people. Heaven is for forgiven people. Okay? And we've all fallen short. Here's the bottom line. When we say a person is not good, we're not saying that there are not people who have done good things. What we're saying is no one's good enough. There are good people in general, but no one's good enough to get to heaven on their own merit. And the person might say to you, well, well are, what are you saying? You're good enough? No. I'm a sinner too. And that's where Jesus comes in because he paid the price for us. God poured his own wrath and anger on Jesus who died in our place. Romans 5, 6-8 says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. No one's likely to die for a good person, though someone might be willing to die for someone who's especially good, but God showed his great love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because there was no way that Greg Laurie or any of us could satisfy the righteous demands of God, God sent his son to die in our place. Because we faced a future in hell, Jesus died for us. Now, if you dare use the word hell, get ready. Because you're gonna get pushed back. People don't like to hear the word hell. This is, I think, one of the reasons Christians skirt the subject. I don't really wanna talk about hell. But listen, if you only promise the glories of heaven and you don't warn about the reality of hell, you're not declaring the whole gospel. I'm not saying we should focus primarily on hell, but we certainly shouldn't edit it out of the message. So you might be sharing the gospel with someone and saying, you know, Jesus has filled the void in my life and I have joy and peace and I'm so happy. Hey, that's cool, man. I can see religion's done a lot for you. I'm happy for you. But I don't really have a void in my life, they might say, and I, don't, I already feel pretty good. 
You know, in fact, I drink a couple of beers. I got a good buzz going on, so I'm happy. And I'm, I like the way my life is going, and, and I don't think I need what you have. Oh. So what happens to me when I die? Well, do you like warm climates? Wait. <laughs> See, here's the thing. You're focusing on the fringe benefits of salvation, and you're not addressing the core issue. The fringe benefits of salvation are peace, purpose, fulfillment, joy. But the biggest thing about salvation, you know, you want to know what it is? You're not going to hell anymore. You're going to heaven now. That's the biggest thing. You have to know that, okay? So if I only offer Jesus as sort of an additive, like a new product out on the market that will make their teeth whiter and give them more spring in their step, that's not true gospel preaching. I have to tell them the truth that you're separated from God by sin and there is a place called hell. Now you might be surprised to know that most Americans believe in some kind of an afterlife, 84%. 82% of Americans believe in heaven and 70% believe in hell. So a lot of people believe in hell. <laughs> they just don't think they're going there. Because for every American who believes he's going to hell, there's 120 who believe they're going to heaven. But that's in direct contradiction to what Jesus said because He said in Matthew 7, broad is the way that leads to destruction and many there are that go that way but narrow is the way that leads to life and few there are that find it. And know this. You can't edit hell out of Scripture. Did you know Jesus spoke more about hell and all the other preachers in the Bible put together? That surprises some people. Why? Because he and he alone knows the horrors and reality of hell. Now here's what's going to be asked next. You already know it. I don't even have to tell you. Oh, wait a second. They act like they dream this question up themselves. How can a God of love send someone to hell? Right? How many of you have heard that question? Of course you have. Okay, here's your answer. Because he's a God of love and justice, he invented hell. But know this. Hell was not made for people. Hell was created, according to Jesus, for the devil and his angels. If a person ends up in hell, God is in effect giving them what they wanted all along. See, it's not that God's sending anyone to hell. It's that you send yourself there because you're living this life you want to live without God. And God's saying, well, I'm going to give you that free will and you can go on. But listen. You're going to have to kind of climb over my dead body to get there. Because I sent my son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross in your place so you don't have to go to this place called hell. Listen, the last thing that God wants is for any man or woman made in his image to spend eternity separated from him in this place called hell. That's why he sent Jesus. And only Jesus was qualified to bridge the gap between a holy God and sinful humanity. How can you say Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father? I'm just saying what Jesus said. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Acts 4, 12 says, There is salvation in no other name under heaven. No other name men can call upon to be saved. Paul said the same thing in 1 Timothy 2, 5. There's one God, one mediator between God and man the man Christ Jesus. This is not multiple choice. Now let me say something that may surprise you. 
I do believe all roads lead to God. So if someone says, I believe all roads lead to God, you can say, yeah, I believe that too. Whatever road you're on, you'll get to God. If you're a believer, if you're a non-believer, you'll get to God. But only one road leads to heaven. See the difference? See, you can live without God, but one day you'll stand before God. Even the atheists will stand before God because the Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you'll stand before God and then you'll face your sins. And if you said no to Jesus Christ, you'll face the repercussions of those sins so a road will lead you to God, but only one road will get you into heaven, and that is the road through Jesus Christ who died in our place and satisfied the righteous demands of God. Listen, here's the bottom line. When you're sharing the gospel, you want to know what you've got to make a beeline to? Ready for this? You make a beeline to the cross. The essence of the gospel message is not your testimony. That's just a bridge to get started. The essence of the gospel message is not just that Jesus will make you a happier person, though He will do that for you. The essence of the gospel message is I don't have to go to hell. I can go to heaven because Jesus Christ died on the cross. Here's the problem. Sometimes in our attempt to cross over, we don't bring the cross over. We want to be cool. We want to relate. We want to get along. And we want them to like us. But there's going to come a moment where you're going to have to get to the bottom line. Say, tell them they're a sinner. Tell them there's a judgment. Tell them Jesus died on the cross. But that's what the power is. Don't miss that stuff. I've heard presentations of the gospel, so-called, that never mention the cross. And as far as I'm concerned, that's not a presentation of the gospel at all. Greg Laurie clarifying what is and isn't an appropriate, effective presentation of the gospel. Some good insight today on a new beginning from the message called How to Lead Others to Jesus. Now next time we'll receive the final installment in this practical series called Tell Someone. So I hope you can join us right here for more on a new beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How to Lead Others to Jesus. Now, if you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or go to visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.